Hello, First Issue Club fans. It's your friendly neighborhood, Greg, here. Want to sneak in before the episode starts. Um, we had a great time recording this. Uh, Mike D., myself, and Vargas uh, really chopped it up and dissected some great comic book news and talked about some incredible first issues that came out last week. And I can't wait for you to hear the episode. Uh, sometimes we have to make these intros because we made a whoopsie in the episode. Uh, specifically, this whoopsie is Mike D. and myself were talking about the incredible um, streaming eBay app thing called Whatnot. Whatnot is the app that we were talking about who's getting into the publishing game. However, we called it WhatsApp about 50 times. Um, so WhatsApp is not getting into the comic book publishing game. They are a text uh, app, I think, but they're not getting into comics, but they make sure that your texts are secure and safe from prying eyes on the internet. I'm assuming the dark web. I don't really know what happens on the dark web. I just know that it's an upcoming Spider-Man event that we'll probably cover. But just want to get in there, call us out, show our L's. You know, we called it WhatsApp. It's actually WhatNot. And so um, any representative from WhatNot who's listening to the episode, which is probably every one of you, um, maybe skip us if you want to look for sponsors because if we can't remember your name we're stupid and you probably don't want us but we're dirty cheap to to plug so if you want come on over we'll get your name right we promise that's a guarantee well i, I shouldn't say that anyway enjoy the episode guys Welcome to the First Issue Club comic book podcast. We're back for another week of ranting and raving about the craziest comic stuff. <laughs> I love that ranting and raving. Yes. It sounds like we're hooting and hollering. It's a lot. There's a lot more nuance in ranting and raving than hooting and hollering. That Okay. We're not hill people. No, <laughs> no truer words have been spoken. <laughs> there is a direct... Correlation between hooting and hollering and ranting and raving, right. and there is definitely a college degree in there somewhere. Well, one begets the other. <laughs> yeah. Ranting and raving begets hooting and hollering, right? I assume alcohol is involved yeah. with hooting and hollering in jug form. Yeah, three X's on that bottle. Before we get too far, I'm Mike DeStacy. I'm Greg. And I'm Vargas. All right. Uh, we have a quorum. Whoa. <laughs> Let's talk about there's, college degree. There's enough people here that the club may formally start, and we can get oh. to the bottom of this week's comic book <laughs> Do issues. Do we need to read uh, yesterday uh, last club notes? <laughs> I think we can skip that part. Thank God. Uh, our note taker that I keep in my closet will be busy at work. <laughs> Diligently working. Exactly right. Uh we're going to do the same thing we do every week. We're going to go around the table, talk about some comic book news and topics, mm -hmm. and then we're going to recommend some first issues or other things that we've been reading. Yep. Sound good? I love it. I love being back. Okay, great. I'm thankful to oh, be here. You're right. Uh, one, we we were gone last week. We were gone. So it is great to be back. Sorry, but I didn't bonus for that. the listeners, they got the Patreon preview. Yeah, exactly right. So you know what you're missing out on mm -hmm. if you're not a premium club member <laughs> <Cha -ching. laughs> again there's ranting and raving on the patreon not hooting and hollering hooting and hollering hooting, yeah is the free podcast we don't make you pay for hooting and hollering yeah <laughs> maybe on our only fans you'll get a couple hooting and hollerings all right my first comic book topic that i wanted to bring up to you guys was whatsapp and yeah. are you familiar with Nothing. WhatsApp? Nothing. What's up with you? Oh. <laughs> it had to be said. Comic guy they did. they did it on purpose just for that joke, I believe. I am aware of it. We, uh, Our friends at the Oblivion Bar pod are, oh. like, I think their show's maybe sponsored or like they partnered with WhatsApp. And so really? they, they host shows every once in a while yeah. uh, through their LCS. Okay, great. So the, I, I guess if anyone hasn't been on WhatsApp, it's like Twitch meets eBay. As yeah. I understand it. It's like live streaming auctions. It's right? live streaming mm -hmm. auctions. Now, I haven't done one because I'm just, I don't know how much to trust it and the pressure of deciding mm -hmm. on the fly whether if I want to buy something kind of makes me nervous. Have you watched one? No, it, I haven't. It's intense. I accidentally like 
went into one of the rooms. Well, here's the thing. Every time I click in there, I'm like, ooh, this room looks interesting. And then I'm like, if I join this, are they going to be like, what's up? Mike just joined the chat. Yes, they do. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want that. That makes me like really anxious i mean the good thing is is like you're not mic'd up as yes. soon as like you enter the room like you don't have to hit like a mute button or anything like, okay they'll just be like hey welcome to the chat like new person here and like yeah they're just like we got this like hulk 12 going for five dollars and okay some of the rooms are like pretty professional you have like people holding their books up on stands and some of the rooms i've been to are just like a guy in his kitchen table <laughs> with like books he throws on he's just like all right uh Troll number one, fifty cents, and everyone's just like, pass. That's that's the difference between rant and raving and hooting and hollering. <laughs> exactly. Right. Thanks, WhatsApp. Um, but WhatsApp is getting into the publishing game. I shouldn't say getting into; they're in it. They yeah, they they've are. done like four books so far. I think maybe mm-hmm. more. Um, Kyle Starks. Who wrote Kill Them All, mm-hmm. Sex Castle, Assassination, some books we really liked. Yes. Did Alpha Betas yep. on the WhatsApp pub, and it sold like, or at least 45,000 copies were ordered. And then Ninja Funk, over 100,000 copies were ordered. That, well, I think what helped Ninja Funk, which is probably going to be, you know, a pretty decent book, there were some sexy ass covers for oh, Ninja Funk. Was there? Mm-hmm. And That'll... I think Alpha Beats is going to be a TV show. Alpha Betas. Yeah, sorry. Is it? I say? Okay, a cartoon? I assume. Yeah, it, it looks, looks cartoonish. Yeah, it looks cartoony. Well, so do all comic books, to be honest. <laughs> They're <laughs> that's illustrated. Not, that's not true. Not all comic books look cartoony. Okay, I was trying to make the correlation that all comic books are illustrated. This I, this I know. The, the, again, the difference between Renton and Raven and Hooten and Hollery. <laughs> <laughs> this is not going to be the running bit for the episode, I promise. In any case... I've noticed a trend. The the thing I'm trying to make my way to here is that I've noticed a trend in apps that aren't necessarily weekly comics doorfronts that like are a place where you would expect a retailer incentive variant to come from mm-hmm. or expect them to publish a comic. It seems like more people are getting into that. More businesses are doing that. Yes. To bring awareness to their app. Yes. Or brand or whatever. Do you think that's a good way to drive people to these things? Does that work on you guys, you think? I think what this is trying to... it's it, There's a couple things happening here. Yeah. They are trying to cash in on the speculation market. They have a low print run yeah. variant. You're an obscure, weird thing. Yes. Um, you get a good creator. Mm-hmm. And you get a good artist on there. Yeah, exactly. Um, they are trying to like dip their toe in there, see if it works. You know, try a couple uh, comics out. I mean, I think what app, WhatsApp is actually trying to make a run at it of yeah. just like, hey, not only do we have this platform that sells comics, we are actually a publishing house, and we are going to try to get a bunch of buzzworthy creatives in, and it worked for Bad Idea. Yeah, and they're. I guess they're going strong. I, they're so wacky with their it, bullshit. I know. It's hard to keep track of. And so, yeah, I think it's just a culmination of retailer incentives we've seen for the last four or five years have primarily worked very well yeah. for stores and for just initial interest. Yeah. Um, now the market's a little flooded with, you know, each individual retailer and exclusive that you can pick and choose. I'll say it's... The market is almost getting flooded to the point where these retailer incentives are almost worth nothing. That you you are into something. There's only 300 of the Virgin cover. Mm-hmm. So you're like, I have to buy this because my opportunity may fall flat. Right. Um, or I, I might not get another chance at buying this. And then it's like every other book has a 300 copy... Yep. Retailer exclusive, unless it's something where the cover just is like a social media craze, then this book just fades into obscurity in the numbers and ocean of all those other comics. But think, yeah. but it, it, it does like Shortboxed, for example. We were talking a couple weeks ago about them doing a, a retailer exclusive for I Hate Fairyland, Scotty Young's book. They did? And they, yeah, they did. What? And they're not a comic book retailer. They're like a reseller for uh, slabs, slab, slabbed comics. 
I didn't know that they did one. Because I was, before I, you mentioned that, I was just like, I'm surprised they haven't shortboxed because. That was their second time they've done something like that. Interesting. Okay, so. So I think it's going to be more and more common mm-hmm. in the digital space for these companies that are trying to attract nerd-like people, <laughs> right. comic book crowd people to their platform to publish something or do an exclusive cover and then maybe dip out. Yeah, I I think doing exclusive covers is probably the best way to do it because it doesn't really make mean a, a commitment, mm-hmm. right? Right. Um, totally. I think people found out that it's like, I can buy a thousand copies from Marvel, yeah, and essentially get my own cover, yeah. That people have to come to me for, right? And that's like you've kind of cracked the code at that point. But <laughs> yeah, you're in the matrix then, <laughs> and especially if you can get in on like a major issue, you know, a number one or a first appearance or whatever, you know, some kind of a an event for that comic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's kind of a no brainer in terms of like writing your own comic uh-huh. that becomes a little more iffy because you have to worry about getting like talent that people care about or an ip people care about or something well it, it makes me wonder about the intention of the whatsapp thing yeah like was that just to draw people in and they were like let's print a couple comics and then all of a sudden they've sold over one hundred and fifty thousand comics with their first two issues and they're like oh shit we're like a legit publisher now i think if they're smart it's it's the it's the thing with like if you're winning at the casino, uh-huh. you leave while you're ahead. Because uh-huh. I can see WhatsApp just go until the well's dry, and uh-huh. like it, it, it's showing that someone at WhatsApp knows talent in the comic book industry because yeah. they're getting these creatives that are really buzzworthy, kind of indie people that will garnish the attention that they want. And if it, and it if it funnels people into their app, you know that's even better for them. Yeah. All right, interesting trend. It is interesting. I love it. Does before I get into more topics, mm-hmm. does anyone have another topic? Because I feel like I'm going to step on everyone's toes if I just keep rolling. I have a update Ooh. from our heritage auction. The Deadpool sketches. I was gonna ask. The auctions have ended. Okay, yeah. re-explain this for so, people who don't know. A couple episodes ago, I dropped breaking news. <laughs> That Rob Liefeld had found in his stack of scribbles his first concept sketches or page layouts for the first appearance of Deadpool. Yeah. And I think a cable was in there as well. Yes. Heritage Auction teamed up with Rob Rob Liefeld. This is something that they've done before. This isn't like the first time they've linked up. But they went up for auction. It caused a little stir in the comic book community because it's kind of like, you know, it's, it's a buzzworthy title. Like, first Deadpool sketch up for auction. Yeah. You guys were... To be honest, dismissive of how much money these things are going to pull we in. We were pretty conservative, I think, based on the, I would say, fidelity yeah. of these sketches. Mm-hmm. They were very loose, like, he'll go here-ish on the page right. sort of drawings. It was more of like a, a hint of Deadpool in the yes. edges. Like... It, w- it was the outline of his body more than it was like <laughs> the design of Deadpool starting to take shape. <laughs> it's yeah. like murder pond question mark yeah. brainstorm this <laughs> underline should he be red no <laughs> i i get that it's a huge piece of comic book history and that the issue is so iconic iconic yeah but did you write down what we said what we guessed so you guys i i i feel like i was pretty confident that these were going to go well under 50k right uh, you're both correct they each individually sold for thirty six thousand dollars. Okay. So cumulatively, yeah. about seventy grand. Okay. Seventy seventy one grand. Um. So you were in the ballpark. Pretty spot on about. They got a lot more than a scribble should get. Yes. But um. So you could get like a base model F one fifty. Extended cab, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, But, no, you know. <laughs> Not completely tricked out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's manual the, windows. You don't get the speaker upgrades. Sure. You, it's not Dolby sound, surround yeah, sound. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty, it's a tape deck. Yeah, yep. Um, I love comparing these purchases to something, em. like, useful. However, the J.D. Power Associate on both of them is pretty, like, they both had yeah, a, a high. best-in-class sketch. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. The towing power on both of these things is insane. Uh-huh. But what was interesting when I was researching this is I saw that they both sold for $36,000 each. Right. 
Another recent auction that closed last year for Rob Liefeld was the actual page from New Mutants 98, the page before Deadpool is introduced. Uh-huh. Now, Mike D, you've read this comic, Andy, I don't know if you have yet. Yeah. The intro to Deadpool before like he comes onto the screen is Cable getting punched like in the library, and mm-hmm. on the next page you see Deadpool. Deadpool How- is the one who punched him. Yes. Yeah. How much do you think that page went for? Deadpool's fist, first appearance. Ex- yeah, essentially. <laughs> it's a finished page. It is the- Actually inked. It's inked. It's black and white. It is It, it is from the published book. Yeah. This isn't like a idea of a sketch or, you know, a rough idea layout. This was printed. Because it doesn't have Deadpool in it, but it's from such an iconic issue, I'm going to say- $85,000. Look, if this page was slabbed, that tech tag at the top would say first appearance of yeah. Deadpool's fist in comics. It it's pro- got to be upwards of 100000 It would probably say so. first fight between Cable and Deadpool. Yeah, yeah. All of that nonsense would be on there. It went for shy under hundred grand. Yeah. All right. Wow. Like, I was flabbergasted when I saw that. Yeah. And it, what also struck me was the... Rob Liefeld draws poses of humans in an almost torture-like uh, Very exaggerated, yeah. Like, like, I'm flexing all my muscles And, right like, now. their legs are always bent almost to the back of their necks, just, mm-hmm. like, when they're running. It is a wild thing to see, but yep. I-, I was shocked when I saw it for almost $100,000. <laughs> it was... It, Since it, we're talking about it, I have to shout out easily my favorite Twitter account, oh. Positively Liefeldian. Have you guys seen this guy? No. He he's the guy who did the Rob Liefeld <laughs> Rob Liefeld redraws of Watchmen. Oh yes, and I am obsessed with it. So it's like Doctor Manhattan, but but he's got of, pouches and a gun. It's like if Rob Liefeld <laughs> have drawn him, and he does like the whole page where he's like looking at the picture on Mars, but redone as Rob, as Liefeld. Rob Liefeld. So he's that's like fun. screaming and huge. and It's kind of cool. Like it's hysterical. That's a great concept to take famous artists and do Rob Liefeld. other things in their style. <laughs> and I'm, I'm desperate for Rob Liefeld's Watchmen. I would buy that comic Just, a thousand times it, over. You're hoping that person does like the whole book. The whole book. Start to finish. I would I would pay money to get that. I would that buy that. I would for buy sure. that for sure. Like, that's like a, such a weird niche thing yeah. that I would totally buy that. That's a coffee table book for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I bought uh, Shitty Dark Knight, which is just so a bunch good. of- You did buy Shitty yeah. Dark Knight. <laughs> so you, yeah. The, for anyone who doesn't know the concept of that, they had a different artist do like a few page runs mm-hmm. each. So everyone got like three, four pages, whatever the deal is. And you only had like- five minutes to draw those four pages so they're like really real rough like stick figures just like sweeping motions of just like what can we vaguely get in here that reflects those other pages of dark knight it's fun it's a genius concept it really is yeah and it was like super cheap too very very affordable it's very cheap yeah it's a it's a teeny little paperback and then uh, i guess the the thing that got me to the heritage auction thing was uh Star Trek number one, like the Golden Key uh, comic publishing house from like the 50s, mm-hmm. uh, a 9.6 recently sold for 80 grand. Sure. Wow. That was like the, it was like a new record for Star Trek number one. And uh, like, that's a high grade for a book that old. CBS yeah. picked it up. That was like, it. <laughs> wow. It's, it's, it's funny when like comic book stuff reaches the outside world and yeah. just like hey can you believe this like this book <laughs> sold for 80 grand and like my mom's just like what does slab mean it's like fuck <laughs> mom get off the internet it it is honestly a disservice to the hobby when stuff like this happens because then everybody thinks that their mm-hmm. old comics are worth a hundred thousand dollars a piece and uh, they're not yeah, that this death of Superman issue isn't even opened. It's in the bag, <laughs> you guys. How much is that worth, Andy? I can't can he, tell you how many times I've been. Let asked. me go to my bank. Yeah, get a loan, <laughs> and get back to you. It's visibly bent on the inside, but the bag <laughs> is intact. It's on fire. It's I'm literally holding a piece of fire right now. How many one dollar bills would you like for that? Because I have one. I have one one dollar bill. 
Um, okay. Uh, oh, did you have something? I, I've got a couple of things. Yes. Nothing huge. Um, I saw today on uh, Kickstarter, Klaus is coming. There's going to be some sort of new Klaus story. We oh, talked about new. that, yeah. Coming to Kickstarter, and I'm stoked about it. Yeah. It's the same creative team? Yeah. It's Grant Morrison and Dan Mora. Holy shit. Yeah. So the, it launches on Black Friday. I've already got it flagged. Everybody get on this shit because that's awesome. I'm sure the stretch goals are going to be wild. So, do you think it's going to be a collected edition plus a new story, or it they play it off like it's going to be new stuff? Okay, but because it's through Boom, isn't it? Yeah, they. I mean, they have the rights to Klaus. Sure. So, but even if it's a collected, like a really nice collected edition of all the Klaus stories, that's still what twenty issues mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. I'd buy that. Yeah. So, pretty stoked for that. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about is local comic shop day. Oh, yes. Is, is coming up. Have you guys seen <laughs> any of the hot variants? There's hot variants? They do, yeah, local comic shop day variants. Yeah. The only ones I've seen are just like the shinier covers, like the 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 uh, labels embossed. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they've done that before. Um, but I wanted to highlight a couple ones that I thought were especially legit, yeah. as the kids say. This is um, Behold Behemoth, the local comic shop day variant. Oh, that that's is beautiful. That's really cool. This makes for good radio, I know, but you can Google it. <laughs> Eight Billion Genies 1 is getting a, oh a sketch God. reprint. That's fun. <laughs> and Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. Oh, that's cool. Very minimalistic. It's got a oh, ranger helmet and a, bow, and a staff. bow staff. Yeah, that's cool. I have a bunch cool of stuff. friends on Twitter who go bonkers, absolutely bonkers, for the Power Rangers Ninja Turtle mashup stuff. Like, it is its own subsect yeah. of super fans. And when they got announced for the number, the sequel to the mashup, uh, I, I had to turn Twitter off for a couple of minutes. It was out of control. Yeah. Nostalgia core. <laughs> they, they've tapped into it. They are strapped into the main vein right there. Uh, of the wild crossovers, though, I mean... That it, makes the most sense. Well, Batman TMNT was the pinnacle. It's written by Tinian. And, oh, uh, I didn't know that. Fr- uh, uh, Freddie Williams III, I think, did all the art. That stuff was awesome. But TMNT Power Rangers is right up there. I mean, it's really, really good. I'm trying to imagine what other crossover... From my childhood, that would like top that. Uh, Godzilla Power Rangers. If you didn't read that, <laughs> written by Colin Bunn, <laughs> but that exists. I'm thinking like, oh, I don't, like if you could make one up. Yeah, like I don't know, Animaniacs and and Samurai Pizza Cats. Oh, you had that one locked away. I don't know. I was just trying to think of two cartoons I liked. What about Magic School Bus and Fraggle Rock? <laughs> wow. Unreal, dude. Jeez. Can you believe it? <laughs> Top that, America. I, I hate to pull back Power Rangers, but Power <laughs> Rangers Street Sharks is absolutely one I would buy. Or Power Rangers Gargoyles, since Gargoyles is coming back. Thank you for bringing that up. Speaking <laughs> of nostalgia, Dynamite is bringing Gargoyles back. And uh, Darkwing Duck. And Darkwing mm-hmm. Duck, yeah. So, um, 90s kids, they are coming for your wallets mm-hmm. and they are coming hard. Yeah. And the whole Gargoyle series is on Disney Plus. Just for anybody who didn't know that. Oh, really? How yeah. many seasons was that show? Four. <laughs> Andy, how many times have you watched it? <laughs> Just the once. <laughs> I want to say, if anybody is like ten years younger than us and listening to this, it's all gonna happen to you at some point. You're gonna have mm-hmm. what's the wait till there's a bluey fairly odd parents book. or comic books or whatever cartoon show or a kid's show you watched like there's gonna be yeah Fan- Danny Phantom <laughs> yeah I don't know that sure. one it's another Nickelodeon thing mm-hmm. I was a I was arrested development for a long time so I watched <laughs> you hung a out on a lot of Nickelodeon yeah, hung out with cartoons a little too long yeah too long <laughs> I, I stayed in that realm longer than I probably should have but hey uh, okay, I was wanted to talk about uh, an X-Men event that I'm really excited for. And I don't know if we've talked about this yet on the podcast, Sins of Sinister. Let's yes. get horny. Let's Hell, get horny. Yes. <laughs> I, that was one of my pieces of news I was wanted it? to talk about, too. Okay, and like Greg and I used to talk about Powers of X and House of X way back on the Patreon. It was one of our first Patreons. It was one of our first things was we were going to like keep up with that book and talk about it week to week. Mm-hmm. Um and we were so excited about what we termed or dubbed 
the Sinister Fuck Pits. Uh-huh. Because the new mutants show in up. Powers of X, you looked at uh, the the whole thing was it was actually Powers of Ten, and yes. in each issue you got a story ten years out from current day, a hundred years out from current current day, and then a thousand years out for current day. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sins of Sinister is written by Kieran Gillen. Yep, and it follows the exact same format. Hell. Yeah. So you're going to see this evolution of Sinister's crossbred clones, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> which again we gave a pretty crude name to. <laughs> but they're Did uh, we? they're the F pits. Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but they're like genetically crossed, right? Like mm-hmm. no one's actually slamming, unfortunately. <laughs> um, they they are. We just don't see it in this head canon. They are, <laughs> yeah. but I think that story just baseline is going to be fun to see which characters get mixed together mm-hmm. and what sort of like weird situations they get put in. On top of that, it's Karen Gillan. So I feel like we just know that the story is going to be elevated. Mm-hmm. This is something that if you've been a Powers and House fan and feel like maybe some of those things haven't been paid off as much as you would have liked over the last two or three years, which mm-hmm. I know a lot of people feel. A lot of people wanted more with Nimrod out of the fallout of that, wanted more with Moira out of the fallout of that, and we got that, you know. With Moira? With Moira, like three or four months ago, during the ten lives and deaths of Wolverine, mm-hmm. but again, they kind of hid that in the that Wolverine series, which yes. seemed like a very optional side thing. But it and was that one, that book fucking slammed. It was one of the most crucial things to the House and Powers uh, storyline that's yeah. happened in X Men since House and Powers. So, and ben- Benjamin Percy did that, right? Yes, he did. Um, great series. I really so loved it. Good. So, this is another. This is just a book that I expect to also have mm-hmm. some comeuppance and some interesting things happen. And anytime it's comic books and you're dealing with the future, you have to assume these are just like possible realities and somewhat what ifs. But we do know that we're going to get to see Ross Burton again. Oh, I was so happy that yeah, she which, was coming. Back. She's a crossover of magic. And Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler, yeah. Yeah. Um, the concept art that sold me was Wagnerine. Yeah. Which looks like X-23 and Nightcrawler. <laughs> and then that, like, future Nightcrawler where he's, like... Some ogre-looking four, beast. Yeah, like a bridge troll crossed with uh, Nightcrawler. They've also teased layout designs for Captain America crossed with somebody. Mm-hmm. Sinister. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just straight up crossed with Mr. Sinister. <laughs> yeah. So this is fun because Kieran Gillen worked in Captain America getting born again out of the... Um, Pits. Yeah, out of the Krakoa the, eggs. The egg, yeah, sorry. Um, During Avengers, X-Men, Eternals. Axe. Yeah. Uh, that event, so we know the X-Men have Captain America's DNA. So that was just like a fun setup so he could play with Captain America. So <laughs> Ooh la la. I'm, I'm excited about <laughs> See, that. See, sex pants. Yeah. <laughs> and anything with Sinister and like getting to deal with like Captain America's body, you know he's like a very like sensual villain, so I'm sure they'll be making comments about bodies that'll be really fun. Uh, if Sinister doesn't make the joke that now he has America's ass, yeah. missed opportunity. <laughs> I, I 100% could see that happening in this series. And so I just want to piggyback off of that. So Sins of Sinister is going to be like an event thing. Mm-hmm. And to Marvel's credit, it's only 13 books. It's only 13 books over three series. You have Sins of Sinister by Kieran Gillen, Storm and the Brotherhood by Al Ewing, and Nightcrawler's by Cy Spurrier. Oh my three dude. authors that I <laughs> love. So what it, a lineup. I am super pumped for this because yeah. it is gonna just hit on every cylinder. You know what we might have to do? Special episode. Let's Special get horny. Let's episode. get oh <laughs> <laughs> you guys went somewhere else. We might have to bring back our uh bonus show. Or something. Crossover? Because <laughs> we've done crossover in the past as a bonus show. Yeah, cross talk. We might have to do a... We'll have to come up with a creative fun name for it. Yeah, it's called Fuck Pits. With, but we might, with yeah, we might do club. Fuck Pits with First Issue Club. <laughs> Fick Pits. 
Come on in. The water's frothy. <laughs> Oh God, I hate it already. Uh, speaking of Donny Cates, he, uh, some some confusion this last week. He's leaving Hulk and Thor and Thor. Yeah, and I um, think the only book that he's got ongoing is Vanish at Image Comics, mm-hmm. and that's already like pre-written. Yeah, so it sounds like, and he didn't go into much detail. Uh, it, so what happened? Did he was, tweet something out? Yes. Yeah, so, okay. So earlier in the week. Ryan Otley, who was co-writing Hulk with him, came out and said, "He's going to be. Writing I'm, I'm finishing off the Hulk. Sorry, and, I, and I'm finishing your sentences. That's why we're so well <laughs> we're so well together. Because uh-huh. when I fail, you pick up and succeed. <laughs> so Ryan Otley comes out and says, "You know, I'm finishing up the arc here for World War Hulk. Hulk. Also uh, on Hulk 13, I'm leaving. Yeah. And Twitter's just like, what the fuck I know. is happening." And, so, and the Hulk arc is really cool right now, so mm-hmm. I hope yeah. that... Another creative team is coming in. It hasn't been announced who yet. Well, and I hope that we just don't bail from this like new planet of Hulks. It's like so fun. Well, and there's so many loose ends in Hulk right yeah, now. Yeah, like, totally. There, there's a whole event that like launched the story that we have no idea what's going on. Yeah. I, I would assume <sighs> Do, Donnie Cates to me seems like very professional mm-hmm. and wouldn't want to just bail out of a thing that he created. So I'm sure he yeah. left, you know, a roadmap of where it probably should go. But it sounds like he's dealing with some personal stuff. So he's kind of backing off mainline. Uh, you're right. Vanish has already been like pre, mm-hmm. you know, written out. I don't know for how many issues. I mean, crossover hasn't been updated in months. Yeah, I don't it's, know when that's it's coming. Done though, right? I it, thought it was just thirteen issues and done. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought it was ongoing. I don't know that crossover is coming back. Is that what that's what we're talking yeah. about? Yeah, I don't and think it's coming I, back. I need a moment, <laughs> and it's gone. Okay. Um, yeah. So we'll see. the The speculation was that he was supposed to take over Avengers when Jason Aaron left. Yeah, and wow. so I don't know. A lot of stuff's up in the air right now. But Donnie Cates is a fan of the show. If you're listening, we love you, man. Hope you get better soon and get to writing. Yeah, best wishes. Definitely deserve a break. Uh, anyone in life, I think, is a good reminder that we all get to feeling burnout sometimes. Totally. And Hence the, the summer off. <laughs> and you can take a break. Like Sometimes people I work with go on leave. Yeah. For a couple months and come back feeling good. And it's better to do that than get burnout. And I think more companies are willing to like, you know, they'd rather you do that than do that. Be than, shitty at work. Than like be so burnout um, and not happy with your job and all that stuff. So uh, always an option to take some you time. A uh, good reminder for that maybe yeah. now. Absolutely. Especially because the holidays are coming up, and that's kind of a weird Very time stressful for people. Time, yep. So just hey, remember, take some time for you. And I've got like the seasonal stuff too. Like I know everyone does, and with it getting dark at like five thirty, it's like hitting me hard. And I know it's hitting a lot of people I'm around every day hard, just because you can tell the difference in people right now. Yeah. So, um, we we're we feel shitty with you. Yeah. If you're feeling shitty now. <laughs> if you feel alone and shitty, just remember we're feeling we're, shitty with you. Everyone's feeling it. Yeah. Uh but that's that's really all I had for new stuff. Do you have any more? Oh, I feel like I had one more thing. Oh, but it might be more too sex bits. Well, I think it might be maybe too big of a topic. Um or we might have talked about it a little bit already. Did we go get into the Dawn of DC stuff on oh, a previous boy. episode? No, but I just read about that today. Yeah, so so more news is coming out about DC's 2023. and Yeah, they said Dawn of the DCU. The new DCU. The new something. DCU. Because oh, they ended it with whatever, Crisis on Infinite. Crisis, crisis of Earths of Times. Yeah. So there's spinning out of that event. and Emphasis th- on spinning out. And I think Lazarus Planet. Yeah. yeah, is an event which I guess means everything. I don't know if they're going to kill everything, then everything's going to be reborn via a Lazarus planet. I'm not sure. Convenient. Um, in any case, there's going to be 20 new titles in 2023. Oh, because oh, they realized that 52 was too many. <laughs> if we had half of that, we would have succeeded. And they, they've already announced a handful of them and some of the creators that are going to be on them. And 
any outstanding ones that kind of yeah, what raised is an eyebrow for you? What is Jeff Johns writing? Yeah, what's Mark Wade doing? <laughs> Mark Wade is one of them. He's doing a Shazam one, isn't he? Yeah. Yes, he is. Is there a new Swamp Thing? I don't think there's a new Swamp Disgraceful. Thing. Disgraceful. No. How many Batman books? Or they haven't like <laughs> they haven't announced it yet. If if that's the case, I don't think because I haven't seen a Swamp Thing one anyway. We'll just wait till they cancel half this lineup. They'll bring something back. Yeah. But I know it's starting off right away in January with like Action Comics is going to kind of kick off the event in 1051. Shocker. So okay. if you haven't or- pre-ordered 1051, that might be like a important one to get your hands on. Um, there's going to be a Doom Patrol book written by Dennis Culver, who okay. I think wrote a couple books that we liked. But I like Doom Patrol. I can't really remember. Oh, okay. What I exactly like Young Animal Doom Patrol. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I liked Grant Morrison. So, but <laughs> in same same realm. <laughs> yeah. So there's going to be another Superboy book. There's going to be a Green Lantern Hal Jordan book that Mariko Tamaki is writing. Oh, okay. Uh, Philip Kennedy Johnson is writing Green Lantern John Stewart. Okay. Keep going. Yep. Um, Cyborg's going to have a book. No creative team announced. The Batman Brave and the Bold is going to be Tom King and Mitch Gerards. All right. Fucking hell. Wow. Get the boys back together. There's a handful of other artists mentioned that I think are going to do like uh, backup stories week to week. Sure. It's going to be Gillum March, who used to do Batman, Mm -hmm. Gabriel Hardman, Dan Mora, Rob Williams, and more, it says. Okay. And each issue is $7. (laughs) I'm sure they'll be very expensive. So does that mean Zdarsky's off Batman? No, that was Brave and the Bold. Brave and this is Brave and the Bold. It's yeah. not mainline Batman title. But okay, there's no way they're getting Zdarsky off Batman. Batman's gonna, I would assume and hope Batman's gonna just continue straight yeah. on. Oh yeah. So that's why, because we got confused like this with Future State. It's just like, where are we? Well, it, um, <laughs> is I was, everything ending, including Zdarsky's Batman, but going to be reborn in January? Well, and I, when I first heard about Future State, my interpretation was. These are the things that are going to be going on. We're going to give you a taste of what's going to be going on in the DC universe like mm-hmm, yeah. a couple of years from now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we'll build our way there. Yeah. And I don't think that was actually the case at all. <laughs> I yeah. honestly think it was their botched reboot. And they're just like, we have all this stuff down. And maybe it didn't. We just need to get rid of it. <laughs> we yeah. need to publish and, it. And I don't know if Dark Crisis is going to be like, Future State yeah. isn't happening because of. The Lazarus dark, Planet. Dark Crisis and Lazarus Planet, yeah. You know what was the best part about Future State? Is I didn't read any of it, and I didn't lose anything. I read it. It was good. I'm sure I it was. I liked a lot of Future State. It was solid. I'm sure it was, but where does that fit in the DC canon? Oh, nowhere. nowhere. It, it doesn't fit Sick. anywhere. That's that's 80% <laughs> of the books, though, bro. Yeah, I know. Like They do this every yeah. four years. Yeah, I know. And Marvel does it every five, so like, what the fuck are we even doing? <laughs> read indie comics. Chu never did this. <laughs> oh, dude, I'd read the MC Chu. Vampirella never updated her goddamn origin story. The same red one piece that only covers the vital bits. Oh, shit. I, I'm, I'm interested to see where it goes. Yeah. Because um, DC only seems to really give a shit when they reboot their fucking product. <laughs> And it's good for like two years, and then they just forget about it. Well, as long as they don't touch the things that I'm enjoying right now, which... That's what my wife always tells me. <laughs> nice. Zing. Thank you. Self-burn. Self-burn. <laughs> All right. You want to get into recommends? Yes, I do. Let's move on to the segment. We need a little ditty or something when we change segments. We need another song contest. We did that with yeah. Crossover, and we got some really good... Submissions. Oh my god, I still love those. Cross talk. Cross talk. <laughs> uh, New Jersey Doug did one. NJD. That that was our. Was opening. that one of the two? It was the opening one. It was yeah. the opening one. Yeah. yeah, that was fun. Gotta talk cross talk. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Doug. I know I botched your beautiful song, but it was great. Okay, first up, I read um, a little book by Lorenzo De Felici, who did Oblivion Song. Um, it was called Chroma on Image Comics. I haven't heard of it. So what the gist around Chroma is there is a, a pale city in a world of color. Mm-hmm. 
and they are like revolting against like the king of color who created these animals to attack them. So they they spent generations blocking out the color so they become very pale so these monsters don't fight them. And so like every 10 years there is this an event there's a this event that is supposed to ward off the king of color. Uh-huh. And it's uh like they attack this monster that is like supposed to be the offspring of the king of color. And it's actually his daughter that they dress up in like the like the main leader dresses up as like a monster and like okay. this band of like scouts slash gu- like security guards that are like teenagers are is there are the characters in this like humanoid yes they look like people yes, yes, yes everyone looks like people okay looks like you or i you might say people's is people i love these people centric comics yeah okay, uh, i can really relate to them <laughs> and um and so they it, it's basically just like a discovery of youth revolting against authority and revolting against what you are, you know, always told and what you're supposed to believe. And that it, it was beautifully done. It reminded me a lot of Step by Bloody Step that came out earlier this year. The concept itself sounds like it lends itself to a really cool visual motif. Visually, it blew me the fuck away. Yeah. It was bananas. Cool. It was so good. Um, it ended on an insane cliffhanger for the first issue um it was it it was very uh art driven yeah the story was like the story was good and even in the notes he was just like this may be like a a cliche theme to kind of base a story on like you have the non-colored area and then the people with like all the color in the world and they're at odds i was gonna kind of ask about that like how how much is there a political message or is there like racial subtext to it or is it just like feel purely sci-fi as of right now there doesn't seem to be much yeah in the in in the notes he was like i didn't want to make this like a political thing or like uh-huh. he wasn't trying to make a stand it was just like it was this concept i thought of of just like can i like can i pull this off yeah can i make this idea work that there is this like king of color essentially yeah. like and he controls all the spectrum of the rainbow. Yeah. And these, this one, like, uh, 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 city revolted against him essentially, and mm. was just like, you know, we we reject you, or like we we, or or they got into a battle because he thought that they were taking advantage of all the color spectrum that he was giving them, and so it it, it was unique to me because these people, basically, have spent generations, re- rejecting color and so they're all pale it's called the pale city they're just like (laughs) covered in like neutral tones and like when you get these splashes of color from the other pages you forget that they're pale until you see the color next to them you're just like oh my god this is such a visual you know mind fuck a little bit yeah like uh what was that movie pleasantville he yeah he mentions that so like he says pleasant hill uh, pleasantville Schindler's listed it. Oh yeah. Like mm-hmm. he's like there are so many different movies that kind of play off this idea of just yeah. like you know the neutral toned world is like you know straight laced and like by the book and then once a little bit of uniqueness is introduced people react to that in such different ways. Mm-hmm. I was listening to a movie podcast the other day and someone was talking about how when they went to see Schindler's List that it was like 20 minutes left in it or like 30 minutes left in it and the reel broke and they came out and they were like sorry we can't fix it like uh, but we'll, we'll give you free tickets to like another screening if you want to come back uh-huh. and the, I can't remember whose podcast it was it might have been the uh, guys from Comedy Bang Bang but imagining having to be like Okay, I'm gonna sit through the first two hours of Schindler's List again, <laughs> yeah. so I can catch the last twenty minutes. Is like, man, it's <laughs> such a amazing movie, right? But it's one of those movies that it's like, how many times can I watch Schindler's List? It is just like <laughs> hard to bring yourself to that place. It's, I, yeah. I had the exact same situation, but it was with Jurassic World Dominion. <laughs> 
and which, you, and you which broke is, the reel. Which is <laughs> equally hard for different reasons. <laughs> That's not the one where Jimmy Buffett makes an appearance, right? Uh, yeah, the Buffosaurus Rex. <laughs> hey, we're going to Margaritaville. Roar! <laughs> oh yeah, he wasn't. He was in the first. I think one. he was in uh, He's Jurassic World. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was running off with two margaritas. Two margaritas. Got some laid back DNA. Yeah. He kind of sauntered off. Really, he was like, "I'm not worried about this T Rex." <laughs> it's hamburgers in paradise for me, folks. Um. Wow. Yeah. I don't think I think I will just get my money back for if that ever happened to me yeah, for Schumer's list. It's I gotta see like, another movie. I can gotta see where it's going. I don't need to That's why I've never seen the end of the the pianist with um what's his face? Uh Brody. Adrian Brody. Adrian yeah. Brody. I've I fell asleep in it and like it's a that that's a long movie. Yeah, that's a tough one too. And it's really tough and mm. I fell asleep and I tried to watch it again and I fell asleep again. And I was like, you know what? There are signs that I can recognize. I feel like there are some heavy movies that are so well respected that I feel a responsibility to see them. Mm-hmm. And gearing myself up for it is like having to do homework. Right, I'm like, yeah. I know I need to watch it because it's it's an important film and it's so great, but... It's funny Ooh, you say that. I don't want to feel those feelings. Coming from someone who took multiple film classes in college, mm-hmm. just read the Wikipedia, man. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Get, get the cliff notes. I'm not kidding. Like, there are enough people out there that will watch There Will Be Blood that you don't have to. Yeah. Like, that movie's been appreciated. Uh-huh. Yeah. If you want to know the story, read the wiki. Mm-hmm. If it draws you in, go watch the movie. Yeah. YouTube the I'll Drink Your Milkshake clip. That, yeah. And you're good to go. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I I need enough of the pop culture references mm-hmm. that I feel like I'm not missing out. Yeah. I guess <laughs> that's why VH1 needs to bring back like I love the '90s or I love the 2000s. Like I need those quick hits of what did I miss? Yep, recap me. And I need to be good at parties again. <laughs> I, every new year, I look at the AFI Top 100 and I just like kind of scroll through it. I'm just like, me, no, that's what I'm saying. Nope. Does there, it change that often? Uh. I say like every ten years, yeah. Like they, they kind of shuffle around a little bit. Yeah. But, but those, Star Wars is always number one. Yeah, those those it's folks not. are out there. Don't worry about it. Support support indie comics. Support indie cinema. Mm-hmm. There's. I remember <laughs> when I was in the '90s. AFI. I don't know if it was the first time they did their top 100, uh-huh. but I remember it was like a big to do. Oh, for sure. And Citizen Kane was the number one movie. <laughs> sure. And it's like. How? It's a fucking sled. <laughs> is that is that still the number one movie? Do we still hold that? Like we think about all the movies made today, and I mean, I get, I I understand that it did stuff for film, right? But when you put it next to another modern day movie, you put Citizen Kane next to Jurassic Park or fucking Blade Runner or something. It's like it's because it's because of if, if we really want to get into this, we can get into this. It's because of what it did not for movies. It's because of what it did for storytelling. Sure, right. Like the way that that plot is structured was totally unique at the time. It came out in like 1943. Remember that, right? Yeah. Like yeah. Horses were still considered transportation at that time, folks. I, I mean, it's it's a <laughs> you know it's an out of order storytelling, and it's you he know, was the first M Night Shyamalan. He really, Orson Welles, <laughs> M Night Shyamalan 1.0. What a guy! What a mensch. I have a I have a tough time with old movies, and I I feel like you need to do a separate list almost. That's like mm-hmm. here's movies important to history list. And then a movies you'll actually enjoy watching list. Yeah, good movies. Yes, good. <laughs> yeah, 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 important good movies, movies, good movies. Yeah, yes, one, one right. list. One list has Schindler's List and and or uh, Citizen Kane. The other list has like John Wick one, two, three, four, <laughs> right on top. Pee Wee's Big Adventure. <laughs> um, I also read uh, Voyages that was on on Image. It's about. I like, saw that title, but I don't know what it's about. It's it's unique. It's unique because it's like an alien race that finds one of the Voyager satellites that we send oh, out. Oh hell yeah! And cool. and so uh, an, uh, the protagonist of the book comes in contact with it, and she goes into some kind of like trance or some kind of like you know. Uh, she gets like hypnotized, and that's how the book ends. So, okay, uh, it was the first. This is that book is the first. Is, is time out? Sorry, 
this book was written and drawn by the same person, and it's their first comic book. Oh, okay. So knocked so, it out of the park, especially for a new debut. A, a big concept creator. that landed really well. Yeah, awesome. And so it's a mini, so not a big investment. Cool. I'm very excited to see where it goes. Nice. I love it. Great recos. Yeah, Voyages. Out on image. I had two images today for we, my recos. We need these different perspectives. <laughs> I'm more often the... I'll say the basic bitch, if you will, of the of the podcast, because I'm... We've um, got a Marvel shill, a DC shill, <laughs> and Mr. Handsome. My, <laughs> my book was a DC book Oh, this week, and I know I'm late to the party, but... Have you guys heard of Batman? Yeah. <laughs> Bane guy... broke his fucking back. <laughs> it was wild. Um, Punchline the Gotham game. Oh, how was that? Hey, it's my pick, man. <laughs> what the so, fuck do you think? Sometimes we pick ones that are just like, this was crap. <laughs> I want to talk about it. But I need to it. talk about it. Yeah, no, I love, so Teeny Howard wrote it. Oh, and dynamite. since Punchline was introduced in Tinian's Batman books that he's been writing. because he Hellarisen, I think? Joker Hellarisen. Yeah, he, first she, got, yep. she got brought up in a miniseries and has since showed up in other minis and one-shots and all this stuff. To me, this book felt like the first formal story. Like, it felt bigger than the one-shots and the other things that have been told that were kind yep. of so deeply tied into the Tinian mythos of the part she played in his larger story. Mm-hmm. And this is her kind of out of jail, on her own, doing her own thing, um, unleashed on Gotham, right? And it did a lot of exciting things uh, to get me pumped for the series. This is another one that I don't think it's a a long ongoing, but but she will be. But punchline, I'm, we're assuming, is going to be in Gotham for a long time to come. Yeah. And I think this book is going to go for enough issues that it'll be a really fun story to give you some. Highlights. Um, she has tentacles now. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> oh hell yeah! I read the wrong book. I'm sorry. Put her in those sinister pits. You know what I'm saying? Exactly right. Uh, okay, so Teeny Howard is also writing Catwoman, mm-hmm. and so there's like the Hasegawa gang that we're gonna have like, some cross out over with. Cool. And Catwoman had a fling with the leader of that gang, yep, and I'm aware. Uh, Punchline's going to try to take over those docks. She thinks she's going to get away from Batman interfering or Catwoman interfering because of those dynamics and relationships that it's kind of like that's Catwoman's turf. So Batman, don't mess with it. Catwoman doesn't want to mess with it because she just had a relationship with this person. So Some 4D chess is happening right now. Exactly right. So there's some fun, complicated things going on like that. Bluebird and the Batgirls. Yeah, uh, we're really intrinsic to punchline story, so they're probably going to show up at some point. I'm sure there's going to be a Harley Quinn fight at some point during this book. Right. So let's talk about that for a yeah. second. I think everyone assumed she was going to be the yin to the yang of Harley Quinn because they're both like clown adjacent. Yes, and they're both strong, independent female. Well, that's anti-heroes, how that's villains. how Punchline was introduced. Was Joker's new girlfriend, exactly right, right? Yeah. So, um, so they had a like built-in conflict already, mm-hmm. and she's seen Joker's hog. We assume. Well, and you you had this you had this story of <laughs> Jesus <laughs> of Punchline getting more and more insidious as Harley Quinn was stepping in the other direction. Like, I felt like there was a crucial point there with Stephanie Phillips' mm-hmm. Harley Quinn run where we were like, okay, she's really treading into hero territory now. And like a redemption arc, essentially. Exactly right. And then Punchline started as, like, an innocent sidekick that you're, like, you slowly figure out over the series and the one-shots that, mm-hmm. oh, she's got grand plans to, like, Take yeah. over Gotham and like play the Joker. So Punchline had like her swim fan moment where she's <laughs> like, "Oh, this girl is unfucking hinged." <laughs> um, 
there's social media stuff going on. She kidnapped an influencer, which I feel like is another like intrinsic part of Punchline. Mm-hmm. And so it's fun to see that wrapped into the story. Um, she's got a gang started up that's also it feels almost like cultish in a certain way because she's that kind of enigmatic personality right that draws again the social influencer thing draws people into her are they called something her gang or cult or whatever they're the royal flush gang oh which that's is a, a that's a throwback pre-existing, pre-existing yeah thing. totally fuck yeah yeah so there's there's a handful of like um like the king and queen of hearts mm-hmm and a handful of other like fun, obscure Gotham crime people oh, okay. nice. are like brought back into this. So that's fun if you're like a big Gotham head. Yeah. Um huh. some cool stuff going on there. But final reveal of the book is that Batman is on the case. Oh uh, shit. Checkmate. <laughs> which I didn't see coming, to be honest. I was kind of surprised by it because like all this punchline stuff has kind of been below Bruce Wayne's pay grade. Right. And <laughs> he doesn't check meter. <laughs> he's like, I'm a, I'm in the Justice League. Like, I'm not worried about, like... <laughs> I fight giant starfish, okay? Fuck yeah, you. <laughs> exactly right. But he... There was this really funny bit where he's in this punk... Like, old punk rocker kind of persona or, Bruce's? like, costume. Yes. And so he's at this, like, under bridge, con- like, rock concert. Oh, cool. Because, it's like me going to a concert. Yeah, because there's rumors that like there's some gang activity going on. And so he goes in disguise. You guys got any drug cigarettes? And the social influencer that gets kidnapped by Punchline comes up to him earlier and is like, what's up with this guy? Hey, is it a black is black flag showing up tonight? Oh, my he's God. making fun of like how old he is yeah. and how he's like a leather old <laughs> old dude showing up at this like young kid. Hey, buddy, Henry Rollins isn't showing up tonight. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. So that happens, like, right away at the beginning of the book. It seems like a throwaway fun That's awesome. joke. And then it turns out later that's Bruce Wayne in disguise. Fuck yeah. So the design of him as, like, a uh, punk rock dude was pretty great. I bet Bruce is like, oh, this music is so fucking derivative. Gigi <laughs> <laughs> Allen was a god! <laughs> oh, I'm a rock and roll detective, too. <laughs> Yo, Gabba, Gabba, hey, Gabba, Gabba. Oh, Christ. <laughs> I read a Marvel book to everyone's surprise. Yeah, you guys flipped it. Hey. Uh, yeah. I to read... be fair, you go either either I, way. I go both ways. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> DC and Marvel. That's true. Um, I finally caught up. My to-read pile is probably 50 books deep. I mean, I'm way behind. Nice. So I finally caught up on- Only 50? I, dude. Jealous. It's bad. <laughs> Um, I, I think you'd be surprised at how good that is to a lot of people. Yeah, probably. Yeah. probably. I got shit from last year that hasn't even been read yet. <laughs> it's it's tough times out there for everybody. <laughs> Reading's hard, man. Um, but I caught up with uh, Captain America: Symbol of Truth. Oh no, yeah. I'm sorry, Sentinel of Liberty. Sentinel of Liberty. So the the one featuring Steve Rogers. Yes, I, I am. Symbol up... of Truth is the uh, Sam Wilson one. Yes, yeah, I'm Wilson caught one. up on that. I had to catch up on uh, Sentinel old, Truth. Old Steve. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Those books kind of came out at the same time as like counterparts. Yeah, they're going together, and yeah. I'm assuming they're eventually going to overlap again. Right. But um, the the there's two writers on these: uh, Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly, and Carmen Carreno. Okay. Carnet. Carnero. Sorry. Carnero, one of the Stormbreakers. Yes. Carnero, oh, right on. Uh, is doing the art, and it's an awesome book. Um, if anybody out there is really looking for like a Captain America story that's more spy than international mm-hmm. intrigue. Like this has a lot of winter soldier vibes. There's a, which he has a new book out winter soldier. The, the, it's a one shot that's spinning out of holy shit out of this. Yeah. This ongoing. Is it, is it alternate reality or is it in the six one six main? Are you, are you talking about the the Winter Soldier Captain America special that came yeah. out this week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's just a spin off of this the ongoing. Holy shit! So they're, it's yeah, they're invested. It's canon. Yeah, it's right there. Um, Load it. It's canon. <laughs> but it's this the story. Uh, you find out that Captain America's shield was actually. Can't talk. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you say that now. This. Oh guy. no! Oh no! <laughs> so. 
the shield was created by a scientist who was actually working for this Illuminati type group that decided that the 20th century was a loss for mankind. And they decided that, that the big L that they, they were going to use the 21st century to gain control over the entire world and basically did so. Oh yeah. So they've been operating in the background. They, they manipulated turns out, I don't know if I want to spoil this, but spoilers ahead. Yeah. Spoilers ahead. This, this Illuminati group, uh, Basically, like, planted the seeds for Steve Rogers to become Captain America, mm. planted the seeds for Bucky Barnes to become the Winter Soldier. What? Like, they're the ones that got him to the the fight, like, underage to fight with Steve Rogers during World War II, to turn him into the Winter Soldier, to be one of their secret soldiers. Because, like, the Winter Soldier program was, like, a level below what they were doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So th- they've done all this shit, whatever. And Captain America's shield is actually their symbol. The the circles Holy with the star fuck. around it are, is the symbol of this group. And the guy who made Cap's shield was a Wakandan scientist who was trying to tell Captain America that this group existed the whole time. So Steve was just like, oh, thank you for the gift. And the scientist, he was, the scientist like, was just like, oh, he's like <laughs> winking really fast. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Look I, at the note pulling his earlobe. <laughs> and I say his shield can talk, right? Because he, he goes to the factory where his shield was created because we've never seen that before, right? Yeah. I, I guess I never really thought about his shield being made. Because it's it's an adamantium vibranium hybrid. Hybrid, nice. right? And he goes to the factory where it was made and he puts it in like the thing and this laser beam comes down. Hello, father. <laughs> it, it comes down and it it's like a record. Of the oh scientist who tells God. Steve Rogers all this stuff. That's rad. That You're blowing Dude, my fucking mind right now. I'm telling you, like, I read this and I was like, why did I wait so long to read this book? That is nuts. It's so good. So there's five or six issues out. That's kind of the summary. I Go back and read it. Because there's, there's stuff in there, too, that, like, I haven't even touched. I do love when... Classic comics, like in classic characters, origins get rehashed or when something happened in an old book that seems like, yeah, it's canon, but maybe it seems like a little inconsequential, mm-hmm. but recontextualizing it now right. to make it like this uber important moment in the character's <laughs> history. That's really fun, but you can only do it with someone's origin so many times, right? right? So Yeah, they had one chance with this and they can't go back and do <laughs> yeah, it again. Right, exactly. Uh, so that's awesome. That sounds fun. That sounds really cool. It's it's super cool. There's a lot of and and this is Captain America separated from like Avengers level stuff, right? Yes. This is basically just him and Bucky mm-hmm. teaming up to go and like fight this cabal of of secret guys. And that's like I love that because that's how the the newest Black Panther started out. They mm-hmm. were hunting down this rogue uh, tribe. And like group that was running around Wakanda and and out and out in the real world, um, early Captain America from like two years ago where Agent Thirteen was involved, they yep. did the same thing. Like, I love it when because it's so easy to put Captain America and these other heroes in these giant world-ending scenarios, and they're kind of just like a lot. And yeah. there's a lot of collateral damage. But when you get down to the more intimate, real shit, like that, they're yeah. designated for it slaps so hard. That's where Captain America really thrives for me. Yeah, because like when Ed Brubaker was doing Captain America, it was it it was the tops, yeah. man. Yeah. Did you guys bees knees? Did, <laughs> did you guys read the Rick Remender oh, Winter Soldier mini? Big time. That was such a good yeah. mini. Yeah, but it also has that kind of like intimate spy mm-hmm. vibe. There's a a great scene in the beginning of one of these books where Cap. He, you know, he's living in a he rents the apartment that he and his mom grew up in in New York, which, first of all, is just like, that's really cool. So great. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but he goes on a run around New York and he's like, I always bring the shield with me because 
people like to see the shield. So he's just like exercising, uh-huh. but he's carrying his shield, and everybody's like, "Oh, look, it's Captain America!" And it's like, "That's fucking that is Captain America right there, yeah. right?" Like giving somebody the highlight of their day—that's just by exercising. That's whole milk and buttered toast, just like yeah. American. That's American baseball right there. That's yeah. like they doesn't get any better. And like you know, I know in my everyday life that you know companies are bad and all cops are bad. <laughs> And, uh-huh. you know, most things te- are bad. Tear Cereal down is bad. Tear down the government mm-hmm. and soda is, you know, poison. I know all of these things. Yeah. But when I open a comic book, I like it that Captain America is a good guy. Right. And he's not <laughs> and he's not like sponsored by fucking the pharmaceutical companies. Yeah. Or a- well, and that's what I love about it is he'd be like, yeah, pharmaceutical companies are bad. Yeah. Captain America would say that. Right. That's why I want to make a shirt that says Superman is an SJW. Like, yeah, because <laughs> like people just construct these ideas of these these figures that they they read so much about, and they lose sight of what they are supposed to represent. Yeah, yeah. like it's it's the good, pure good of everything. Yeah, Captain America is a socialist, one hundred percent, damn near communist. <laughs> yeah. All right, first issue club T-shirts. So super Superman is an SJW. Superman is an SJW. <laughs> And he would peg the patriarchy. <laughs> Captain America's a socialist. Captain America's a socialist. Vampirella for president. <laughs> we but got it- a trifecta of shirts <laughs> right there, boys. <laughs> All right, we'll catch you next week on The First Issue Club. No one joined. I thought everyone was going to chime in and say <laughs> Next time. <it. laughs>